and welcome back to another episode of Life in Paradise podcast with me, your host, Brandon Harper. Today is Sunday, April 30th, 2023. It is about 4 o'clock in the p.m. Today's Bitcoin price is 29316 at this momento. It's clear, blue, and sunny. Beautiful day here in South Texas. About 78 degrees. No wind, which is rare. And no clouds and no humidity. I will forewarn you that I am in a grumpy mood. I will get into the details as to why. But man, today has been not been a good day. For those of you who are listening the first time, I appreciate it. I'm just a regular dude with a regular job and lots and lots of opinions. So I come here about once every week or so to get them off my chest. Some you'll agree with and others you won't, and I am perfectly okay with that. The world would be a boring place if we all agreed about the same things all the time. You won't find any news here. You'll just find commentary. I'll leave it to the professionals to report the news. Because everyone needs an unbiased approach. Oh, wait. What's that? Oh, yeah. Unbiased is a thing of the past. Right. I forgot. Anyway, if there's one thing you'll know about me, it's that I don't do pre-recorded intros. If there's two things you'll know about me, it's that I also have a business selling hammocks. In fact, they're the world's best hammocks. If you go to worldsbesthammocks.com, you could get your own. They're not cheap, but they're high quality. I've traveled the world and I've searched for hammocks and I've located the best in the world. So I import them from Nicaragua and ship them to you in the U.S. of A. Where else can you get the best anything in the world for a few hundred bucks? That's right. Nowhere except worldsbesthammocks.com. Check them out. Really cool shapes, sizes, colors. You can get a flag, Texas flag, American flag, whatever you want. Just go there and buy yourself a hammock or buy a gift. You know what? If you buy a hammock as a gift for somebody, you'll be a hero because you know what they'll say? They'll get it and they'll use it and they'll say, man, I never knew a hammock could be so nice and so comfortable. I'm so glad you gave me this. Okay, that's it for the sales pitch. Sit back, relax, and let me fly the airplane for about the next hour to hour and a half. I'm sour. I am sour, but that's okay. You know what? It's a beautiful day. There's birds singing in the background. You'll probably hear them because my doors are open. And you know what? I got too many things in life to be grateful for to let what just happened to me sour me. Let me just get into it right now because I was raging this morning, okay? I had a trip planned. I was supposed to leave at 7 o'clock a.m., this morning, I show up at the airport. Well, I tried to check in online the day before with my app. It said, hey, it's time to check in for your flight. So I said, okay, let's do this. Oh, now we need a copy of your passport. Okay, here's a copy of my passport. Okay, now we need to know what seats you want. Okay, here's the seats that I want. Can I check in now? Nope, you can't check in. You have to go to the ticket counter. I thought, okay, all right, I'll just have to go to the ticket counter. I'm not checking a bag, but I am flying international, so I'll go to the ticket counter. So I wake up at 5.30 this morning, bright and chipper, ready to go. I had all my bags packed, which is rare. Normally I pack in the morning that I leave, but you know what? I got ahead of the game. I was ready to go. Got in the truck, made it there at 7 o'clock. No, sorry, 6 o'clock. My flight was supposed to leave at 7. I got there an hour early which is plenty in my town because my airport's kind of small. So it doesn't take much time to check in and get to the gate. So I walk in and there's a line of 15 people waiting to get to the ticket counter. And I know you're thinking, hey, Brandon, just waiting in line is just part of traveling. You just got to get used to it. 
I know. I know it's part of traveling. But it doesn't mean I have to like it or enjoy it. And it doesn't mean that I can't bitch about it. So I walk up to the line. I stand in line. And I'm getting kind of nervous because, you know, sometimes they'll stop taking check-ins when it gets too close to the flight. And I got about one hour till departure time. So I ask everybody in line, hey, are you guys waiting for the flight to Houston? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, get at the back of the line. I go try the, the kiosk that allows you to check in from the kiosk. Eh, red lights flashing everywhere. Tells me to go see the ticket counter. Okay, I go back. I get in line. I wait in line for 20 minutes. I get up to the counter. I give her my boarding pass. I tell her where I'm going, my name. She goes, okay, I just need to see your COVID documents. I go, uh... What? I need to see your COVID documents. Was it COVID documents? What? Why would I need COVID? Do- We're done. This is 2023, lady. Don't get me going about COVID. That's what I wanted to say, but I didn't. I go, oh, I didn't. I didn't know anything about COVID documents. I hadn't gotten any emails. Tried to check in this morning. Couldn't check in. Tried to check in at the kiosk. Couldn't check in. Didn't know anything about COVID. Thought we were done with it. It's been three years since COVID. Uh, no, sir. They're requiring either a vaccine passport or a COVID test at your destination. And I go, okay, well, just let let me deal with them when I get there. I'll, I'll deal with those people. You just need to give me the piece of paper that lets me on that plane. No, I'm sorry, sir. We just can't. We can't check you in. I thought to myself, this has got to be a joke. I looked around for cameras. I'm like, this has got to be some kind of prank. Am I on, what is that show called? Uh... What was that show? Candid Camera. Thought I might have been on Candid Camera. Nope. The lady was serious. Just couldn't let me on the plane. And I go, what would you do to verify it? If I showed you something saying that I got vaccinated, she's like, I'll just click this button. And I go, can you just click the button and I'll deal with the people when I get there? No, I'm sorry, sir. It's not, it's not worth my job. And I go, okay, I get it. I understand. Who can I talk to that can make an exception? And she's got some lady on her right that's just barking like a little yappy dog. He can't get on the plane. He can't. They won't let him. They won't let him. You can't check him in. You can't. You just might as well talk to the next customer. And I go, hey, 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 just chill out. Who who can I talk to? No one, sir. You can't check in. You don't have your COVID documents. And I go, all right, what, what do I need to do? I don't have COVID documents. I never had the vaccine. I've only been tested one time. What do I do? Why am I just now learning? Oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm getting worked up again. I was just, I was so mad. I was so mad for so many reasons. So to consolidate the story, I ended up storming out of the airport. I got in my truck. I got on the phone. He gave us a phone. And I called around and I found somebody that could do a rapid PCR COVID test. Yep, we can do it. We're 20 minutes away. You got to come to the island, maybe even 30 minutes away. And it's going to cost $180, but we don't open till 11 for walk-ins. Remember, this is at 7 o'clock. So I knew at that point the day was shot. I got on the phone. I called United Airlines. I said I need to rebook. I struggled to speak to someone who whose accent was so thick I could barely understand them. And I know that's not nice to make fun of people with accents. I'm not making fun of anyone. It's just frustrating when you're grumpy and you're trying to reschedule a flight. And you know what? Here, I'm going to go off on a side tangent. Here's, here's the thing that kind of bothers me about dealing with people who work in foreign call centers that get paid like $6 an hour and they study for like an English test. And once they get that passing grade, they put them on the phone. Okay. And so instead of just saying like, is there anything else I can help you with today? They go, thank you for calling. We would like to know if there's anything else we can do for you at this moment. And if we have satisfied all of your, and they just, it, I feel like they just stretch out everything that could be consolidated into like two or three words. And, and they just spread it out into like a paragraph. And I just wonder why people do that. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe I'm just a little bit higher strong than most people. I get that. But I just wonder if the people who put those programs together, if they would just think about like, okay, we don't want to keep these people on the phone. We want to get them off the phone. They don't want to be on the phone with us. So we don't need to say things like, hello, my name is Paul. I am here to help you today. I understand that you're flying with United Airlines. You have a ticket booked for today. What may I help you with? I'm just like, dude, just say, hey, this is Paul. How can I help you? 
That's it. We don't need all the nonsense. I'm doing fine. You're doing fine. Everybody's doing fine. The wife's fine. The kids are fine. Let's just get to the point, right? We're on the phone for one reason and one reason only, to resolve an issue. And you know what? I feel this way about every phone call with strangers. Let's not talk about anything except business. And I know it's kind of hardcore. It's not very American. Americans like to, well, yeah, I'm doing good. Business is fine. Yeah, we're just having another year. You know, it's hard to keep the lights on with old Joe Biden in the office. Yes, I know. I get it. But let's just get to the point. Get off the phone. So I get my flight rebooked. I drive down. I get the test. The test is negative. I get the results. I take the results. I uploaded them to United's website. They have cleared the results. I'm all safe. There's no danger of me going and killing anybody on an airplane from the COVID. And we're going to try again tomorrow. You know, I don't understand why we're doing this. I mean, this costs United a seat. They, they're eating the cost of the empty seat that flew to Houston and my destination and back. Well, I guess not back, but they covered the cost of the empty seat. They could have sold that seat to somebody. If they would have made things a little bit more clear, they wouldn't have lost that seat. So they had to rebook my flight for tomorrow. That's a seat they could have sold to somebody else. But you know what I equate this to? This is probably the equivalent of, of a destination airport. Remember how everyone put signs on their doors that said mask required. You got you can't come in unless you got a piece of cloth over your face that catches all the spit and snot and slobber and drool. You can't come in unless you have one of those on your face cuz you if you don't you hate old people. So this is the equivalent of that sticker on the door that never got taken off, but nobody cares, but people still walk in without masks because there was a magical point in time we didn't need masks, so we all quit wearing them at exactly the same time. I'm being sarcastic. And so you got this airport, and, and I'm being vague on the destination for a reason, and I will tell you on next week's podcast. But it's the equivalent of the airport. You know, they, they established their guidelines. It was during COVID 2020, 2021, 2022, or all the weenie babies were still left over flipping out. And so... They created their guidelines, which probably said, to come in our country, you have to have a shot or you have to have a test that says you don't have COVID. So they had these rules in place during COVID. Well, there's probably some computer system somewhere where they haven't taken down the rules. The rules are still there, just like the sticker on the windows of some stores are still there. I can't, for the life of me, figure out why, when you, when you, if you own one of those stores and you walk in, would you not think, you know what, it's time to go ahead and pull down the mask sticker off the door? I, I mean, maybe they're scared that we're going to have another COVID outbreak. And so, you know what, we're just going to leave it on there. Uh, that way, if we have another outbreak, we don't have to spend 18 cents on a new sticker. We'll just keep the old one there and, you know, everyone will be safe. I don't know, but this is, this, this is the same thing. It's no different. Someone put the regulation there, and I guarantee you, Somebody's making money off this deal. Some some testing company has, you know, told the authorities, no, don't remove it. Don't remove it. We won't sell as many tests if you remove it. So there I go, drive down to the dock in the box clinic, pay my $180, and I asked them, how often do people test positive? And she's like, mm, never, pretty much never. And I was like, right, yeah, that's kind of what I figured. And I got my test, and it's all good. I'm done. I'm ready to go. But, man, I just I, I thought we were done with COVID, and I was wrong. The thing is, I just went to Mexico. I just went to Mexico. No problems, no issues. Nobody died. Nobody got COVID. Nobody wore a mask, and everything was fine. And you want to know what's even dumber? Listen to this. So I was thinking, okay, that means when I come back, I've got to have another test within 72 hours or whatever their stupid rule is. So... I was like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm going to have to get a test down there. And so I started looking up the requirements. If you're a U.S. citizen and you fly into the U.S., you don't have to have a COVID test or vaccine. But if you're coming to the U.S. and you're not from around here, you've got to have a test or a vaccine card. How stupid is that? 
what if you if you live here if you have residency then you can't spread covid but if you're a visitor then you can spread covid and i guess what really bothers me most about all this is that nobody really pushes back they just go along to get along and this speaks volumes about how we're raising children what we're teaching people how we're just creating exceptions and to everything and people say oh well yeah you know you're supposed to do it but you don't have to and i'm fully aware that one person raising hell with United Airlines isn't going to change anything. I know that that's not going to get me anywhere. Other than provide me with some stress relief, it's not good for anyone. But if every single customer who ended up in the same position that I was called and raised hell, maybe things would change. Because as we figured out, it's not always quantity of people who are yelling. It's the volume at which people are yelling. This is why we're constantly dealing with social issues who hardly affects any of the U.S. population. If it does, it's a teeny, tiny, tiny bit amount. But those who yell the loudest get the most attention. And so I'm not a yeller. I'm not a screamer. But I do express my dissatisfaction in hopes that they can just put a tick mark in the pissed-off customer regarding the stupid COVID requirements column. And every time something like, like this happens, I, I think to myself, you know, we're not capable as a country of revolting. I don't think. I don't think we are. I think that we are so beaten down. And I know that's kind of a, I don't know, that's kind of a buzzword, right? We're not really beaten down in this country. But compared to how we used to be, compared to being the types of people who left their lives and their money and their family and everything that they had going for them, in the UK to get in a boat and sail somewhere where they didn't know what they were going to do for a living. They didn't know where they were going to sleep. They didn't know where they were going to eat. They didn't know nothing. And so those types of people are entirely different from the types of people who say, well, you just got to follow along with the requirements and you just, you need to do, you know, if you want to fly, you have to just go follow the rules. And there's, there's really no need to get all mad and bit out of shape. Two very, very different people. Because the people who left the United Kingdom were so fed up with the way things were, and they couldn't speak out. They didn't have the right to speak up. So the only choice they had was to leave. And that's where we're going to be. I, I believe this. I know I can tend to be doom and gloom and kind of extreme at times. And that's just because I, I don't know, I tend to look a little bit farther in the future than most people, I think. And that's just my opinion. But it's trending that way. It's we're getting to the point now where people are scared to speak up and share their opinion because they don't want the backlash that comes with it. And until we stand up to the people who are backlashing us for giving our opinion, things will never change. People will just continue to walk around with their tail between their legs and told not to make any waves and everything will be fine. And you know who went through this? The indigenous people of Central and South America. They were sh The Spanish showed up. They had guns, they had horses, they had gold, they had money, they had cannons, they had everything. And they told the indigenous population, hey, you guys just chill the F out, okay? You don't say anything. We're going to conquer you, but if you just keep your mouth shut and do what you're supposed to do, then we won't kill you, we won't hurt you. And those people were so outnumbered and outweaponized, they had no choice, right? I firmly believe that if, if, if we don't, start to at least stand up for our principles and our values and what's important to us, we could very well end up in that position. If the government ends up with more power than the people, it's over. It's game over. There's nothing you can do. And listen, I'm not a military militia prepper. Go buy all the guns in the world. That's not me. Because when it came down to it, we, we would have no chance against the U.S. military. If, if the military stayed together, the population would have absolutely no chance. But what I do want, I, I would love to see, is people just to speak out against things that they think are stupid. And and if you have a lot of these ideas that you think pe people do dumb things and you see a need to change policy, then go get involved in the school board. Take some form of leadership position. Because, you know what, and I'm guilty of it too, I sit here and whine on the microphone, but, you know, sometimes that's all I can do. That's all I do. But it's our responsibility to get out there and change the things we don't like. 
if nothing else, at least make your opinion known. Because if enough people hear your opinion and they know that their opinion jives with your opinion, that gives everyone a little bit more confidence, everyone a little bit more assurance that they're not necessarily outliers. I'm not saying go act all Spirit Airlines customer mad, you know, in Miami. I'm not saying rip stuff down and throw stuff. I'm not saying be disrespectful. I'm just saying make your dissatisfaction known. That's it. Let them know you're dissatisfied, disappointed, and frustrated. And if they have no compassion or they don't care, they can't empathize with you, well, then there's nothing else you can do. But if enough people, you know, indicate to, to the people who work for these companies that, hey, this is not cool. You really put me in a bind here. And I know their response is, sir, this is just the requirements from the country where you're going to. We have to enforce them because we can't just show up with you and them not let you in the country. Well, my response to that is you need to contact someone to contact them and say, you people need to lift these requirements. You know, this is why United Airlines stopped flying there. It's because they couldn't get their act together. They couldn't decide how they were going to handle the pandemic. So finally, United Airlines says, you know what? We're stopping flights. We're not even going there until you can figure out how to manage this. And they still, they still can't figure it out. So I don't know. I blame United a little bit for not stepping up to the people who run this corrupt country that is not allowing people without a vaccine or a negative test. And I blame the country. I mean, United could have made it very clear on the app that I needed some stupid test or shot to get into a country, and they didn't. And because of that, they had to give up a seat. Okay, that's it. Rant over. I'm done talking about that. Lucky for them, I did not sick President Joe Biden on them because he may have wrapped a chain around their head. You may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Oh, are you, Joe? Are you really? You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? How much? That is not a joke. That is a natural fact. Okay, okay, fine. Speaking of fine, guess who just announced the candidacy for 2024? None other than Lion Joe Biden himself. Yep, he's back. He's going to be 80-something, I think, maybe 90. It doesn't matter after a certain point. It doesn't matter. But he's going to be running for president, so he says. And... He did his first press conference in like eight months or something the other day. And anyone who says, he's fine, there's nothing wrong with Biden, you just hate him because you're a Republican. Uh, We won't see eye to eye on anything ever. So here he is at a press conference, slurry, dribbling, got his sunglasses on to hide his little beady black eyes so they can't see when they're glazed over. Here you go. You can listen for your own self. Thank you all, all you kids, for bringing your parents to work. Hey, darn, you guys have any questions for me? Any you guys, kids? Keep in mind that he's got a list. He's got a list of the questions that the kids are going to ask him. How do I know this? Because someone got a shot of it with their camera. And you could zoom in, and you can read the exact question that he's calling on these kids to ask. Then we'll have a question. Yes. What's it like being president? What's it like being president? Well, first of all, it's probably the greatest honor anyone in America can have bestowed on them, number one. Number two, one of the best parts is, and I mean this sincerely, you get to meet so many different people. And number three, it also means that you live in this house. It's not a bad place to live, you know? What was the last country you traveled to? The last country I've traveled, I'm thinking once with the last one I was in, I... You don't know. I've, I've been to you don't know. He does not know. met with 89 heads of state so far. Listen, he doesn't know the last country he's been to. He doesn't. Maybe he just, he just traveled that much. He just travels around so much. He's been to 89. He just can't can't tell you which ones. Far. Which is weird because I can tell you the last country I've been to. I can probably list them out in sequential order for the last 15 years. So uh, I'm trying to think, what was the last, where was the last place I was? It's hard to keep track. Um I was, I, I mean, yeah, you're right, Ireland. So these are, these aren't the questions that I was thinking of. These are just little kid. He can't even catch the kid questions. But I was thinking of a different clip where he had the uh, the notes of the people, the reporters. But this is not that clip. So I stand corrected. He did not have the answers to these questions. Sure was. How do you know that? 
Oh, you're kidding me. Oh. All right, man. Thank you all for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, yeah, so he's running for president. The guy didn't know the last country he's been to. And, um, yeah, this is the kind of people that we elect, along with John Fetterman, you know. And that's how I know that they're just going to keep this guy propped up like weekend at Bernie's. Hi. Good night, everybody. And this campaign is all about, to me, is about... That was his opening line, by the way. Hi. Good night, everybody. That was his opening line. This was a debate with him and Dr. Oz for the senatorial seat. About they didn't pay the bills and it got her paid. Here's what I think we have to fight about inflation here right now. That's what we need to fight about inflation. We also be able to make more in Pennsylvania. When he had a choice to make his merchandise, the Oz label is on, he made it all in China. And how can a man, you know, with, with you know, 10 gigantic mansions, you know, has unwilling uh, to talk about a willing wage. Now, we, we all have to make sure that everyone that Living. works is able to, that's that's the most American bargain. And I believe they haven't have any businesses being, being uh, he doesn't want to talk about having somebody having a living wage and having somebody able to survive. Roe v. Wade, for me, is should be the law. What I support, I support on Roe v. Wade. And I've always believed that the choice belongs women and their doctors. I believe that it, I believe the real doctors that I believe in, they all believe that I'm ready to be served. He keeps talking about Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Did that man just say he's ready to be served? <laughs> hold, hold up, bro. H- hold up. Let's try if we can catch that again. I'm ready to be served. He said, you know what? Me and you both, John. I believe the real doctors that I believe in, they all believe that I'm ready to be served. He keeps talking about <laughs> Bernie Bernie Sanders yes. living closer to anybody else in Pennsylvania for fracking to myself. Uh, I, I I do support fracking, and I don't I don't spit it out. I support fracking. Spit it out. And I stand and I do support fracking. Okay. He has never met an air uh, uh, an oil company that he doesn't swipe right about. I ran to be mayor back in 20, 2005. I'm the only person on this stage right now that has con. It, can, it was successful. His his family's company was it was set, levied the largest what? fine for immigration hiring of 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 immigrate uh, illegals. He should sit this one out about in terms of what a a, sore, uh, a secure border. I, I believe I, I believe you know is is right now is is China. Everybody in Braddock, uh, an overwhelmingly majority uh, community of of black uh, community, all understood what happened. You know, they uh, they understood what happened. We need to make sure that Dr. Oz and the Republicans believe in cutting Medicare and uh, Social Security. Dr. Oz. Okay, so you hear what you may have not caught what all he said, but virtually everything he said was like the opposite of what the, the Democrats stand for. Go back and listen to it. There are some spots in there where the clip is just mashing up back to back really, really quickly. So take that into consideration that like, Whenever he changes topics, like really entirely, then that's just a, a mash of two clips together. I'm not going to go back and put some kind of divider in there. You'll have to just figure it out. Would not support, and he would support cutting Medicare. Okay, you get the idea. In the sake of saving time, I'm not going to play the additional minute. All those clips were taken from one debate, him and Dr. Oz. Now, there's people out there who think, be nice to him. He had a stroke. Which, fine, I get it. I understand he had a stroke. But that doesn't mean we have to put him in a position of leadership, right? Leadership should be the big, the strong, the mighty, the bullies, right? The people who can just get stuff done. You know, everyone loves to get stuff done. How is this guy going to get anything done? He's not. He's going to get nothing done. In fact, he just got done with a stent in the middle hospital because he said he was depressed, His wife left him. The dude checks into a mental hospital. His wife left the country. Nobody knows why. We're not allowed to question him because he had a stroke. And so here we are. So my original point is that, of course, they're going to put Biden forward. They're willing to put this guy forward. And if they're willing to put this guy forward, why wouldn't they put Biden forward? Furthermore, why wouldn't they want someone that they can just control like a little puppet, right? Because they know that their voter base won't question him because he's old and he stutters. Even though 70% 
of Democrats said they don't want to see him be president again. That doesn't mean they won't vote for him. They'll still vote for him. You know, it, it gets the they're so uh, religious about their political viewpoints that they're willing to still vote for him, even though they don't think he should be president because they hate those damn Republicans so much. So don't mess with me when it comes to words like that. Okay, speaking of silly politicians, all right, here's another one for you. If you haven't heard, which I'm sure you have, you'd had to have heard, Fox News fired Tucker Carlson, prominent far-right-wing conservative editorial show host. I can tell you one thing I'm not. I'm not one of these Fox News junkies that says, Oh, man, they fired Tucker Carlson, man. He was a good dude. I'm out on Fox. I've been out on Fox a long time. I can't I can't get any more outer on Fox News. But I do think it's not a good thing that they fired this guy, Tucker, because I mean I'm not a huge fan of his. I, I think it's good what he's doing. I think he's he's rallying the troops. He's he's expressing dissatisfaction in the situation that he sees, and a lot of people don't like it. And when a lot of people don't like something, Chances are you're on to something. He spoke out openly against the COVID nonsense. He speaks out against the Ukraine war. And so they canned him. They said, nope, you're not working here anymore. You got to go away. You're too controversial. He also landed Fox the obligation to write a check for $780 billion to Dominion, which is a company that makes voting machines. And allegedly, he was talking bad about them after the 2020 election, saying that they could have contributed to voter fraud and all this stuff. Well, they turned around and filed a lawsuit on Fox News. They filed it for like $1.6 billion. Now, this company is worth about $30 million. That's it. I mean, I know it's a lot of money. But how can you have a company worth $30 million sue another company? For slander for $1.2 billion. So you're saying that, hey, you guys, because of the fact that you said these machines fouled up or were hacked, it's going to cost me $1.2 billion. So they would probably look at that company and say, $1.2 billion, you're only worth $30 million. That means you probably do about 30 to $40 million a year in revenue. And we're talking about 40 or 50 years worth of revenue that they're getting from this lawsuit. And it just, to me, something doesn't smell right. But either way, they fired the guy, they ran him off. You know, if, if it's a business decision, well, that's their right. It's their right to fire their number one guy. This guy brings them tons and tons of viewers. And he will soon be out on his own. He'll be doing his own thing. He won't need, at least I hope. I hope he doesn't join some other news conglomerate. I hope he's realized that he's got a big enough following he doesn't need these media companies. And I really do hope that's the trend that we're getting ready to embark on because they've had too much power. They have too much power. They control too much the narrative. They've been doing it. This is nothing new. We now have the means to watch them in action. And now we should act. And then you've got people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the once barista who won a competition to run for office and got elected to be a representative. Okay? Now... I'm not saying she's dumb because she's a woman, but I'm saying she's dumb and she's a woman. Therefore, she is a dumb woman, just like Joe Biden is a dumb man. Here she is calling for the censorship of people like Tucker Carlson, saying that he incited violence, which is absolutely absurd to me because the people who riot and commit violence and commit violent crimes and kill people and rob people and steal their shoes and take their jewelry and rob convenience stores. Those those people, they're not listening to Tucker Carlson, okay? Yeah, all right, sorry, I'm ranting. Here's AOC uh, saying that he should be censored because he incites violence. And what isn't. And when you look at what Tucker Carlson and some of these other folks on Fox do, it is very very clearly incitement of violence very clearly incitement very clearly of violence. and that is the line that i think we have to uh, be willing to contend i would like to know can we get some examples alexandria can we see how we've incited violence how tucker's fans the guys who go to work every day and get blisters from running hammers and saws those guys are inciting violence 
for real. While I'm very glad that the person that is arguably responsible for the some of the largest driving some of the most uh, amounts of death threats and violent threats, not just to my office, but to plenty of people across the country. Um, I also kind of feel like I'm like waiting for the cutscene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the credits have rolled. And then you see like the villains like hand reemerge out to grip, grip over like the end of a building or something. I mean, this is the kind of people we're electing. <laughs> I gotta quit watching this stuff. It makes my blood pressure go through the roof. But deplatforming works, and it is important. And um, there you go. Good things can happen. It works. What does it work? You know what it does? It threatens our democracy. The line that you guys love to call the other guy. You you love to say how Trump's a threat to our democracy, you're sitting here saying that deplatforming works. You listeners, mark my word, the pendulum will swing the other way. And it will be glorious. It'll be a glorious period of time whenever we have the upper hand on these misfits who think that they're so smart they can make all the decisions. And the stupid, dumb, redneck lemmings who question them are too stupid so they have to be deplatformed. Those people are so dumb and so gullible that they shouldn't even be allowed to have a voice. This, I'm sorry, but this behavior should infuriate the American people. This should make you mad. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care who your daddy voted for. I don't care anything. The idea that this person is saying that deplatforming works is is just plain ridiculous, right? This guy's never called for anyone to do anything harmful. This guy's never inspired anyone to break windows and steal tennis shoes. This guy's telling us to question those who do push for those things I just said. You know who we haven't heard from in a while? Auntie Maxine Waters. This liberal will be all about socializing. Uh, um, would be about basically yeah. taking over. Taking over what? And the government running all of your companies. Oh, that sounds like a great plan. The government who can't run a department of motor vehicles is going to take over your companies. Good luck with that. Okay, it's time to move on to something less political so my blood pressure comes down a little bit. How's that sound, Jesse? Let me tell you something. After dark, we all look Mexican right down the street. I don't look Mexican. Does Jess I wonder if Jesse Jackson looks Mexican. Riding down the street. I just love the way he says Mexican. Let me tell you something. After dark, we all look Mexican riding down the street. I like it riding, too. Because, you know, driving and riding are different. You know what I mean? It's more fun to ride. Let's go ride. Has everybody got their property taxes in yet? You know, if you live in the States, especially Texas, you probably got your property appraisals over the last couple of weeks. And I got mine, and listen, I've got a couple rental properties, nothing big, just some old little houses that I rent out. One of my houses, you're never going to believe this. Well, let me back up. Let me back up a little bit. For those of you who aren't from the U.S. and don't understand how rental properties work, it's like this. People buy homes, and they rent them out. Now, you have to pay the taxes on that home. Right, the, the person who rents it doesn't pay any tax. That's all included in their rent. So the government comes to the owner and says, hey, here's what we think your land is worth. You have to pay taxes based on that amount. And sure, you can protest it. You can fight them and say it's not worth that much. And you have to, you have to prove your innocence, right? This isn't the standard court of law where you're innocent to proven guilty. They just pick a number, and then you got to fight to lower it, which is a terrible plan if you ask me. But nonetheless, that's the system. And if you want to play the game, you got to play by the rules. So I got my property appraisal in the other day. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you, I paid $87,000 for this house in 2018. Okay. Just a little old three bedroom rent house. Pay $87,000. Now, it's kind of been going up a little every year, right? It went from 87 to 96. Okay. Last year in 2022, the property which is the land and the improvements, right? 
they have improvements are are just like the construction that's there. It doesn't mean that you made the improvements within the year. So they value the land at something and then they value all the construction as something else because the prices of those two things move independently. So when you look at the the prices or the, the values of your home, these homes, you look at the land, you look at the property, you kind of see which move, which one's moving around, and you just have an idea about what to expect next year, right? So I'm going to go through last year. Last year, they had the improvements at $83,000 and some change, and they had the, the land at 36000 and some change. So the land is where the lot is, and the house sits on that. The improvement at eighty-three, total value of one hundred and nineteen thousand, pretty reasonable. Pr- reasonable for my house to go from eighty-seven thousand to one hundred and nineteen thousand over the course of four years. No problem with that. I've fought it every year. It's been a reasonable amount of appreciation. Because remember, as these numbers go up, the value of the house is actually going up. So I don't mind it going up. That's a good thing. But when it goes from a total valuation of one hundred and nineteen thousand. To two hundred and fifteen thousand in one year, that is insane. Okay, just so you know what that does to my taxes, the taxes on the property went from about twenty seven hundred, I believe, to fifty four hundred. That's insane, insane. The improvements went from eighty three thousand to one hundred and seventy nine thousand. So they're telling me. That the value of the construction, the house, which is all the wood for the walls and the roofing and the electrical and the air conditioning and all the labor to put it all together, went from eighty-three thousand to a hundred and seventy-nine thousand. Okay, let me read that to you again. The value of the improvements went from eighty-three thousand to one hundred and seventy-nine thousand. That's over double. And so when I first got it, I thought, well, you know, maybe materials and everything went up so i went and looked at the other properties and they hadn't gone up nearly that much they got up maybe five eight percent so the county is the one who does this appraising the land they had the exact same amount 2022 2023 but the improvements 83 to 179 and so <laughs> i just thought what am i gonna how am i gonna handle this so you have to fill out this report this this con- contest, you're contesting the value, and then you go in in front of some appraisal board, and you can argue about it, and you can tell them why their numbers are so off, and they'll normally meet you somewhere in the middle. They don't give it all back to you, and they don't take it all from you. you got to fight for your right to keep your money, and and it said it, there's a little box on the sheet that says, the you know basically, why are you protesting this value? And I just wrote, this is surely a mistake, <laughs> and that's it, and we'll see what they say. Because maybe it is, you know, hopefully, if it is, I would love to eat my words. Although, it's nice to have a house that's valued that high, you know. I get I get why you want your house to go up, but your taxes, man, that's just doubling your taxes in one year. Not a cool thing to do. Owning single-family homes for rental properties is like a, it's like the mom and pop's ticket to, to a golden retirement, you know. It's, it's the way you can acquire wealth without tons of money and you just you buy and you hold it you know you fix the things when they break you keep good tenants in there you you keep them happy and over time the value of the house goes up and then when you're done you just sell the house but man you know what if it keeps going up this rate i'll owe ten thousand next year and twenty thousand the year after that and i hate to tell them but i ain't got it so that's a property tax update i will come back to that when i get some more info I do have the direct email to one of the guys who has the ability to lower prices. So at least I don't have to go stand in line to battle my prices. You're slugging it out in the middle of the ring. And you have a hard life to the job. And Blue Bonnet Black is knocked off. And Block is knocked off? Sure, but you can press it right back on again. It's just part of the action with the world's only boxing robots, the Rock'em Sock'em Robots by Marks. Takes two managers to handle the fighters and lots of skill to win. With these control levers, you can keep your fighters in motion to duck punches. When you press this plunger, he throws a right uppercut. Press the other plunger and there's a left jab. Lots of exciting action and fun for everyone when the world's only boxing robots battle it out. The blue bomber's looking for an opening. And there it is. That's the end of round two. Just 
push the flying head back, and you're ready for round three. Boy, this is the greatest. You bet. The world's only boxing robots. Get the Rock'em Sock'em Robots by Mark. Only some of you guys will remember the Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Where you had uh, a little toy, and you had two robots in a ring, and they could they could fight each other by little handheld controllers. And I was thinking about the other day about how much advertising towards kids has changed and how if you showed this toy to a kid today, they would want nothing to do with it. It's too simple. It's not digital. It's, it requires a little bit of physical motion. For whatever reason, people's tastes and preferences change over time. And this is also applicable to kids and it was also true in the 70s and 80s right when i was a kid if you'd showed me an advertisement for some toy that was from the 30s and 40s i wouldn't want anything to do with it but this particular commercial kind of got me in two in two ways got me thinking and one of those is if you were to show this toy to the mother of a toddler today and you say hey you should give this toy to your kid and just see how they like it the mom would probably say, no, we don't support violence or boxing or fighting or anything like that. He's just, he's too young. He's just not ready for that. And, and maybe toddler is too young. I don't know. Whatever, whatever age you would give this thing to kids, they wouldn't want to give it to him because it supports violence or incites violence or whatever. But they would have no problem with a kid playing a game called Grand Theft Auto whereby you run around this virtual land and you steal cars and you beat people up and you pimp out hoes and you do all kinds of nefarious activity, right? Parents wouldn't have any problem with that. And this is just odd to me, just an odd behavior. But I just wonder, what will the kids of tomorrow like, right? Because the kids of today, they want to be glued to a screen and they want to watch YouTube. I guess it'll kind of be the same. You'll still have a screen, but the content that's on there will probably be totally different. I think, uh, I don't know, in the next 30 or 40 years, we'll have the ability to create our imagination. Whatever we see in our mind, we'll be able to put that onto a screen. And then one day, our minds and our screens will be integrated. But kids still need tasks. They need, they need to achieve. They need to complete. They need to sort through. And um, I'm worried that the, the, the things that we're giving kids to satisfy themselves today, things like TikTok, you know, and these stupid little videos on YouTube that literally show people like with little finger puppets just playing with each other with finger puppets, which is odd to me because that's something that I feel like you would have seen in the 1930s. But nonetheless, people make big money on their YouTube channels just like playing with their fingers. It's, a, it's the strangest thing ever. And while at times it feels like that we're, we're progressing at an alarming rate, there are things that are going to get forgotten, Right. Kids aren't going to remember how to fight each other. Uh, and, and I know that there's people out there who say, well, that's a good thing. Kids shouldn't fight each other. Well, that's your opinion. I'm just saying that they will, they will forget. They will unlearn how to do that. One day, one day everything will be settled in the metaverse. There won't be physical altercations. It'll just be, you know, resolving things with words. Personally, I think it's good to be comfortable with a physical altercation. I don't think you should go looking for fights. I don't think fighting is always the answer. But I do think that a young man should be trained how to defend himself with two fists and two legs, nothing else. Speaking of archaic. My University of Florida football team for winning is second NCAA BS, BCS. BCS championship bowl game in the last three seasons. Go, Go Gator. Gator. Speaking of archaic, you know what's archaic to me? Credit cards and passwords. And I know, I know, I know. There's no alternative. I think pa the password game and the systems are just out of control. I mean, how many passwords do we all have? Really, lots of us have one password, and we use it for everything. If that password gets hacked, we're all SOL. But occasionally, you get some parameters where your password won't work. So you have to make like a one-off password. And if you don't plug it into your phone where it can easily be hacked if your phone gets hacked, you'll never know that password again. It's the same way with credit cards. Now, I know that you can store them in your computer, and sometimes it will do it automatically, but sometimes it won't. And when you don't have a credit card stored in your computer and you don't have it memorized, 
got to go find your card. You got to type it in. You got to hope you didn't type it in wrong. And then it's got to run it. It's got to verify it. It's just, I don't know. I feel like a, a step forward would be the management and distribution of passwords and credit cards. Because what we're doing now is spun out of control. And I would say that it doesn't really work all that well with the, with all the technology that we have. I mean, why can't we use our face scan for everything? Why can't we tie it to our credit card, right? We're all willing to hold the phone up in front of our faces and let it scan our face to get into our phone. We can tie that to credit cards. We can tie it to any bills we want to. And there shouldn't be any more having to type in passwords, having to re-enter passwords, having someone send you a password that was text to them so you could log into their account for something. I mean, it is just a nightmare. Am I being unreasonable? Am I being too high maintenance? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I get caught up in my little groove. It's like an old record player when the needle gets caught and it won't go to the next line and it just sounds like the same thing over and over again. That's sometimes what I feel like, you know. But I don't know. I feel like my numbers are growing. Y'all wouldn't be coming back if you didn't want to hear me say the same things. So maybe you're okay with me saying the same things. One of my rules of thumb, though, is not to present a problem without a solution. So I think with a credit card and password situation, the face scan could work. Another thing we could use is an NFT, a non-fungible token, which I talked about back in the past in the crypto craze. But NFTs are going to be ways to prove physical ownership of physical assets and digital assets. And I feel like we could create an NFT that allowed you to drop in your credit card. You know, it's basically you're uploading a file that there's only one of them around and it knows that you are who you say you are and you don't have to give up all your sensitive information. It's either a yes or no. Yes, this is him. No, it's not. Here's his credit card number or you don't get a credit card number. And the user should be able to pick what gets shared into whatever platform you're using. It could be just a simple question. Do you want to drop your ID card into Facebook? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Scan face here. Scan your face. It's done. You know? And and I know that we, we already have that. We already do that. Eric does that. We have phone already does that. I, I know. But not every time. It doesn't do it to put your credit card number in. It doesn't do it to log in with an email. You have to log in with your email and then hope to goodness you get it right. And if you don't get it right, you got to get a password to reset your email password. And then it tells you after you try your password that your password is no good. You need to change up this and add a character. No capitals at the end. Somebody could figure something out. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. You know what? It's like it reminds me of Bluetooth, right? The Bluetooth technology. Most people don't know this, but Bluetooth was developed by a lot of companies at the same time. They said, look, we need to make a universal system that connects the phones to speakers and lets them communicate to them wirelessly. And that way people can just stream to their their speakers or their phones and whatnot. So a few companies got together and they put Bluetooth together. And I don't think any of them own the rights to it. It's kind of just open source. Like, here's the code. Everyone look at it. Nobody mess with it. And it's done great that way. And I think if all those smart people put their brains together, and I'm not talking about the ones in Washington, D.C., but if all those smart computer guys put their brains together, they could probably come up with something that could verify our identity worldwide. You don't need to be on some system. You don't need some passport, some vaccine results. It all happens in your permanent wallet. My dog's dreaming over there. Man, I love it. I love it when dogs dream. I wish so bad I could see what they're seeing, you know? And then I wonder if it's confusing to them when they wake up. You know, people say that dogs aren't cognizant of their existence, but what do they think when they wake up from a dream? You know, they got to put pieces of the puzzle together. It's like putting the, together the memories from the night before when you're having too good of a time and you woke up and you're like, man, I don't remember anything from last night. And then it kind of starts piecing together little by little. Maybe it's like that. I don't know. I really hope that somebody can come up with a universal solution soon. And no, I'm not putting no chip under my skin. So don't even ask me.
I say that, you know, I don't know. When they first had the thumbprint on the phone, I didn't want to do that. And when they got the face scan, I said, I'm not doing it. And then before you know it, I'm just holding the phone up to my face to scan it so I don't have to log in every time. So they get you with this. They offer you convenience in order to trade privacy. And most of us are willing to do it. So, But if we're going to do the chip thing, let's just get it over with, you know. I want the Bluetooth. I want the self-driving cars, the chip under the skin. I'm going to say no for now, but I'm going to reserve the right to add it. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll add it in the future. I don't know. Who knows? It's easy to say you won't do it now, but imagine how difficult your life could be. Or maybe I'll just go find a deserted island. You know, when they start putting chips in people, I'll just go to an island, take me a couple dogs, see if I can't find me a lady, and just relax. Who knows? I don't know. I've tried that once. I've tried it once, and I ended up back back in the grind, back in the rat race. But I think that is going to wrap up today's program. I really do appreciate you listening to Life in Paradise podcast. I know I kind of went on and on <laughs> about all the troubles in my life, but I feel like I do a lot. So hopefully you're used to it and you're not sick of hearing me whining. If you've never heard of worldsbesthammocks.com, go check it out. Consider yourself lucky. You know why you'd be lucky? Because nobody ever goes there. No one ever buys anything. So if you need a hammock, go there and check it out. Even if you don't need a hammock, go there, check it out, and send it to somebody you know. It's not the best website. Never claimed to be a good website builder, but I did claim to be a good hammock finder. And I've found them, and I can deliver them to you. I have every intention on being back next week. Hopefully everything goes as planned, and you'll hear from me on next Sunday. Until then, I hope everybody has a great week. Go out there. Speak your mind. Don't be a pushover. Enjoy the weather respectfully make your dissatisfaction known and of course keep it tranquilo and it all-